it's just going to people doing it for love. Um, you know, there's, there's not a huge amount of money in it, but it's, I think, the joy of racing, the amazing courses that will, will continue to inspire people to come through of any age throughout the world. Welcome to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. I am Chip. And I'm Chris, and this is episode 41 of the show. This week, we have Ben and Rianne Martin of Team Precision Hydration UK. You can probably guess where they're based out of at this point, but what you might not know is that they were the number one ranked mixed team in the Attila World Series in 2017 and 2018. They've traveled all over Europe to race, and they share their wealth of experience in this interview. Like, seriously, get your notepads out. Yeah. for the, I, know, I know we say that a lot, but we really mean it this time. <laughs> This is a pro we tip. Every time. This is a pro tip bonanza, but more on that later in the show. Totally. On to our training update now. Well, we've been lucky to have kind of clear skies, so we've been back to our regular schedule training. Um, and we have Odyssey Swim Run Austin coming up just in a matter of weeks here. Uh, so we're trying to sharp our machetes, knives, rusty, scissors, rusty, rusty machetes. Rusty machetes. Uh, and we have a, a nice big swim run practice. We're going to try to get a couple hours in on that. So yeah, and and uh, last Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, last weekend, we'll just last say. weekend, <laughs> I did a swim run practice by myself where I tested out a bunch of gear. I know, and that was really weird. So it's the first time I've solo done any sort of solo swim running type stuff, or like running around the neighborhood and all this stuff. And it was. Um, Definitely felt more self-conscious, at least if you have, like, a partner there. Then yeah. you can sort of share, like, the the looks kind of thing. But, um, and yeah, it was interesting. So I ended up just kind of, like, really pushing on the runs because, you know, I didn't have to talk to anyone, so I could just be out of breath or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, so I tried out a bunch of gear. And while Swim Run does have a solo division... It's way more fun in uh I mean I've only I've only swim ran with two people with you and the one time with Sandrine yeah. um where we were team untethered for the virtual swim run virtual Edmonton. Race. Um yeah, it's definitely better with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> swim run. Better with a friend. <laughs> now on to this week's shout outs. This week we're shouting out our newest patron on Patreon, team Max Mockerman, aka G Flow and Tobias. Yeah, I believe they're from Germany. They're from Germany. They've been friends of the show since the early, early days. And they're always giving us their feedback, tagging us on stuff, trying to get us free gear to test out, giving us giving us their sort of insider product reviews. I mean, they seem to be into the gear as seriously as we are. Um, probably too serious. But, um, but yeah, we just really appreciate them also supporting us on Patreon. And we really can't wait to be able to toe the line with them at some point and see them at the finish line probably an hour, hour and a half after they're done. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and again, a big thank you to all of our folks that support us on Patreon. That really helps us out yeah. on, on covering kind of the cost for the show and, and yes. all that sort of stuff. So a and sincere thank you. as a special thank you, there's an Easter egg in the show notes. So under the shout out section... Eggs? Click on oh. the thanks again for the support, guys. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So go to the show notes for the Easter egg. Yep. It's good. I'm going to go to the show notes to it's, check I'm out I'm not even telling egg. you what it is. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited now. Equally excited as doling out this week's Feats of Endurance Award. So this weekly award, which is given to somebody in the Low Tide Boys Strava Club, who we just kind of pick out on on an event that inspired us it it doesn't have to be the most epic thing ever it could just be consistency it could be a cool loop that you did uh, whatever if you're in the low tie boy strava club you can win one of these awesome stickers now sarah v she did something that has been despite everything you just said (laughs) despite all my qualifiers saying you don't have to be this crazy ass adventure sarah v did a crazy ass adventure chris and i have kind of heard about this for a while running a rim-to-rim-to-rim Grand Canyon run. Sarah V. completed this task last weekend, which is, what was it, 43 miles with like 14,000 14, feet, feet of climbing, elevation yeah. gain. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good day. That is uh, a, a killer day. 16, 17, 18 hours, I believe, on Strava. So she was out there the whole day. Major kudos to to her. Yeah. So go go back and, and find her in the group and make sure you give her a comment and give her a kudos. But a bumper sticker for you, 
congrats, Sarah. Yeah, now for everyone's favorite segment, This Week in Swim Run. So we have a fun report this week. Keenan's Mustard events in the UK was at it again. They basically have an event every weekend, it seems. This one was the Box End Bedford Swim Run. Um, it looked chilly out there, but hey, it could be way worse. At least that's the look that people had when they crossed the finish line. They're like, uh-huh. oh, you know. Um, in other news, Swim Run Portugal host, hosted the fourth edition of Swim Run, um, Swim Run Madeira. And it looked amazing. We actually checked in with the race director, Bruno Safara, who was a former guest of the show. You should check that out. Um, after the race, and he told us that he literally got his mind blown from how perfect the weather wow. was. The water was apparently 23 degrees Celsius, which is 73 degrees Fahrenheit, which Ooh. we would call that bath water up here. So, yeah, no one was wearing, you know, people were just wearing like board shorts and stuff. Just get your swim trunks on. And yeah, your, totally. Your That's, I would love that. Um, now, in France... Gravity Race Lake Annecy uh, looked like a dope event. Uh, fun fact, last week's swim run X La Bain was at the lake that's just kind of like the next lake over from um, from Lake Annecy where this event took place. Um, the courses and the views look great. Um, the event had a 44K distance, which looked pretty nice. sporty, pretty, pretty long event. They also had over 550 participants, which... Would seem huge in 2019, but in 2020, it just seems bonkers that they would have that Whoa. many people. So, I mean, kudos to them for pulling it off. Um, and finally, this is uh, our newest segment, uh, Next Week in Swim Run. <laughs> um, just kidding. We're, we're sort of banning new segments. Uh, Atala Cans is happening uh, this, this coming weekend. Um, and after the, the Uto Bummer Fest from a few weeks back, it's great to see Atala being able to go back to what they love doing, which is hosting events. Um, if you want to get a feel for the course, you should check out last year's hype video, The Force of Nature, Ooh. to see what it's all about. Incidentally, this video was produced by our former guest of the show, Rasmus Ladinius. So, so check it out and get inspired. I'm sure we missed some events can always send us an email, lowtideboys at gmail.com. That's boys with a Z. And let us know what's going on. Yes, on to training updates for the Low Tide Boys. So, again, Odyssey Swim Run Austin is coming in hot. Join us in Texas. If you feel it's safe to do so, we will be there. You can also save 25% on your event entry by using the code Low Tide Boys. And we had a few people reach out and they're like, hey, can I get this code to my friend? Yeah, you know they're not technically a listener. I'm like, well, one, they should be a listener. Two, yes, yeah. You can and also, dole, dole the code out. These codes are are free to use yeah. and to pass along. And if you're if you're the type of person that's waiting for the last minute, now's your time. <laughs> the time, <laughs> time is, is now. <laughs> the time is now. Um, and also, just a side note, and to tie in another thing, we have our T-shirts on the Low Tide Boys t-shirts we have three different versions to show off your low tide pride head over to the website there and find out the store or the shop it'll be there if you are attending swim run austin odyssey and you want a shirt and you just want it there you can send us a message and we can bring a few shirts with us to kind of hand you so if you don't want to wait to get it shipped or pay for shipping you basically can just you know save on shipping and and we'll we'll see you there and you can get it hand delivered from one or both low tide boys. Again, our friends at Precision Hydration, they have the discount code low tide boys running, and that's going to save you 15% off your order. Uh, we, re- we recently kind of re upped our own supply. Chris, Chris is all loaded up on his 1500. I'm flush with 1000. And we're looking forward to testing this out on, on the Swim Run Austin course coming up, which will be a good, good place to do that. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward. I haven't used the salt. Uh, pills or tabs or whatever uh, in a race, so that'll be that'll be kind of fun to do. Probably should work in that this weekend on our on our training. Right? Yeah, and Precision Hydration is also the official hydration partner of Odyssey. So um, and Otolo. So and Ot- all yeah. all the big races they're just if, taking over. They're taking over. So use code Low Tide Boys to save fifteen percent there. Yeah. So on to this week's interview. Um, as I mentioned at the top, we're talking with Team Precision Hydration UK. Ben and Ryan are the second husband and wife team that we've had on the show um, next to Boston Wet Sox. 
So check that episode out if you want to if you want to learn more about how husband and wives get it done. Both of our mixed team husband wife duos are badasses. <laughs> so there's that. They took up the sport in 2015 and quickly became one of the fastest teams in the UK in the early years, and then became number one in the Attila World Series. They've done a ton of races, Breca, Attila, um, and they've qualified for the World Championships four times. So we had a great conversation with them. We talked everything from training, racing, coordinating race schedules, like trying to grow a family. They're also parents too, so they have that whole complexity in there as well. Yep, yep. So just and then and then it just descended into this like pro tip bonanza where we were just like, I mean, the interview. I think the interview kind of went off the rails because they were just sharing such such good stuff. We just just kept kept asking them. So what about this? So what about that? Um, so anyway, we'll leave it at that. That's enough foreshadowing. Uh, we think this is a good one, and we want to thank Ben and Rianne for being on the show, obviously. And yeah, enjoy this one. It's a good one. Precision Hydration, UK. Team. <laughs> Mixed team. Okay, with us today, we have Rianne and Ben Martin top swim run team out of the united kingdom their team name is team precision hydration uk two things that we love we love the uk and we love precision hydration welcome to the show guys hi hey guys thank you so much for coming on we usually start the show with kind of like the same question which is tell us a little about your sort of athletic background and how you discovered swim run okay So I uh, was at University of Bath um, and I was on the Great Britain Triathlon Squad, funnily enough, with Andy Blow, who uh, started (laughs) hydration. Um, And uh, so background in triathlon, went uh, went to the city, was an investment banker for a number of years. After we had our children, we saw a new sport down the road at Eton Dorney Lake, where the uh, Olympics was for the rowing, um, called Swim Run. So we thought, oh, that that sounds fun. Let's go down and have a go. And uh, we ended up winning it, qualifying for an Attilo uh, World Series race. <laughs> and uh, it all went from there. I mean, ben, Ben's background is swimming. So we've got an advantage there. He was, he's been British Masters champion in swimming. Um, and, you know, we, we've both done Ironman triathlons and done uh, ultra marathons and stuff. So we've got an endurance base there as well. But swim run is definitely our sweet spot. Yeah. And it was, you know, after that first event, you guys were like, oh, this is this is actually pretty cool. Not just because you won the race, but was there anything about it that you're like, oh, this is great. We don't have to travel with a bike anymore. We can just. Yeah. What was this? What was the big hook? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, it was, I think, the teamwork element. Um, triathlon and swimming is quite a solitary affair racing wise. I mean, it was great to, to train. We actually met. We met through swimming uh, and work as well. But um, just training together and having a partner that is literally 10 meters away from you, or in our case, we, you know, like a meter for the whole race um, that can take you through the highs and experience the highs and can nurse you through the lows. So for us, that, that's the really cool thing. And that's what we still love now and what we still loved in, was it 2015 when we first started it? Yeah, awesome. I think uh, we're we're definitely sold on, on the partner aspect. And that was kind of one of the big things about similar to you, you know, we, we were doing the triathlon thing, you know, whatever distance ultra cycling rides, ultra marathons and all that stuff. But, but kind of when the family stuff started happening, the triathlon training volume uh, made it a little bit, a little bit tough to, 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 to get out on those yeah, rides. You can't do the six hour bike rides on Saturdays. No, not at all. No way. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so so Swarman had a lot of appealing appealing elements to us uh, for sure. So that's that's awesome. I love the you're actually the second mixed team that we've interviewed that's been a couple. Okay, and I find this to be really a fascinating re- partnership on on many fronts. Just I guess <laughs> were you were you two training partners before? Or how did you kind of work that dynamic of you know, if you have children to watch, you know, it's like you both can't go out and do your thing. So how do, how do you kind of work with some of those, you know, parent logistics, parental logistics? <laughs> lots, lots of time management. Um, when, when we were, we did become world number one in 2017, 2018. Ben was um, 
working from home, starting his own business, who had a bit more time. So we would literally tag team training every morning. One of us would go and do an hour and a half swim. One of us would take the children to school. Um, And throughout the week, we tag team. And then we'd always, on a Wednesday, have a big Wednesday. When the kids were at school, we'd go and do a three-hour swim run together. So we probably only had about one session a week together. Um, And then the rest of the time, we we tag teams, the childcare and logistics. Yeah, I mean that's that's not, that's not dissimilar from other stories we've heard from from mixed teams that have children. And that's even with with a non uh, competing spouse or partner as well. It's like you got to make sure the calendars are super sync with school oh, yeah. and and everything, and you know being at home in the kind of the pandemic. And I don't know if if they're doing the the kind of the distance or the the virtual learning in in the UK as as well now. But it's like okay. I have uh, my meeting at nine, so I can't do school today. So you have to take it, but I could take the second class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like all this yeah. logistical information. I mean, it's it's teamwork in the swim run. It's teamwork in the race, but actually it's teamwork as a family as well because the children obviously yeah. need to be brought into what we're doing because there are times when we are racing together and are away for the weekend. We're lucky that we've got family and friends that help us when we, we compete, but it, it's very much a team effort all around. Yeah, it's almost like that's swim run is the analogy for life yeah (laughs) yeah gotta work together manage the highs and lows so so let's let's go back into sort of your the beginning of your swim run journey you do this first event uh you win it and qualify for worlds and then start kind of climbing the ranks and traveling to amazing places isle of silly is probably the easiest one for you guys to get to but like malta and and far and stuff um what was that experience like to just keep progressing in the sport and, and keep sort of elevating your performance? From day one, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was epic, really. Um, this is sort of still really, really early years of swim runs, so 2015, 2016. And, and it was just a raw sport back then. So we, we qualified and we went to Engadin in Switzerland. And we just looked around in, in, the, in, the, in the safety briefing the day before, and there was all these super fit, lean you know, clearly triathlon backgrounds, triathletes everywhere, but they were really friendly. Everyone was really nice. There was a, a real, you know, team bonding. And, and I think that that still lives through swim run and that really gripped us. Um, you know, people would share, people would help out if, if you know, if you saw injuries and things like that. Um, so it was just easy to, to get and to fall in love with it. Um, it, it helped. We were getting better when we were getting onto the podium. Um, and we, then we got a few sponsorship deals. I mean, that, that certainly helps, right? And it makes the stories a little bit easier. But we just fell in love with the sport and the racing. And we had some really amazing days out. We had some amazingly tough conditions. Um, swim run is something that you just never know what you're going to get. One day is beautiful and then the next day a storm is ripping up. Um, so it's just a variety that keeps us going, really. And, and um, that's, why, that's why we're still doing it. Was there, was there a particular race that... Uh you would say is your favorite and, and not counting the world championship because I feel like that's just kind of like that one's kind of an obvious answer but is there a swim run event that you've done that you've been like this has been the greatest course I want to come back and do it uh well yes there's one course we've done three years in a row and we were hoping to do it again this year uh, Isle of Scilly um mm-hmm. it's incredible that it's part of Britain you have to uh, travel by ferry or plane to get there but the beaches are like the Caribbean and the islands are absolutely stunning. So beautiful terrain, golden sandy beaches, and lovely, wow. friendly locals. So it's definitely one we would recommend if you can get there. Yeah, we, we love it. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, okay, sold. <laughs> it's It's pretty hard, but also there's quite a lot of swimming compared to the running. So um, that, that we, we like that as well because we're, we're, we're pretty good runners but we're, we're pretty good swimmers as well so that really plays to our strengths but it's um as Ryan said it's just a, a beautiful race and it's really nice people as well we made some friends over there so um it's, it's a really fun weekend I, i'm checking my airline miles right <laughs> now it's it's one of those races where where you fly in and you do the race and you take about a week holiday after to to enjoy the beach one of those uh race vacation type of things well it would be if uh if you didn't have children, <laughs> we were at school. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, most races are in term time, so we don't want to take the children out of school. Therefore, we tend to spend, you know, just yeah. probably two nights in in a, in a place. 
But what we have said when we're old and retired, we'll go back and visit all the places we've raced raced and really experienced them again then. I'm curious to hear, and we've actually, this is a, you you wouldn't know this obviously, only we know this, but uh, we're a US-based podcast, but the UK has actually had a a huge surge in our, uh, they were third in, in terms of overall listens, but they have recently had a surge in the past month or two so there's something going on on the UK swim run scene. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. If, so like, what's going on over back there? Or... I, I don't know, actually. Um, <laughs> it could, could also be something to do with um, the pools haven't been open in the UK. And there's been a huge uh... increase in open water swimming because the lakes and obviously the yeah. sea has been open the whole time. So it could be related to that. People are just experiencing more open water swimming and thinking, oh, swim run as well, because you can just go and explore. And yeah, I think that's the piece that that really also drew us is like the 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 kind of the connection to nature and just having you just walk out to any trail or beach and you can kind of start envisioning these different routes or swim run courses, uh, yeah. you know, in your head, so to speak. And you're like, okay, let me go try to make it and swim there, and and then get up and run. I know there's a trail system up there. So this whole there's just so much freedom yeah. Yeah. compared to kind of the triathlon of like. Hey, let me get to A to B on this flat tarmac as quickly as possible, and then run as quickly as possible, yeah. and then yeah. I'm done. Uh, and and um, you can do you can incorporate that into your training as well. So you know we we try and factor in as many family holidays as we can, but we're we've always got our own three wetsuits um, in in the in the in the car somewhere. Right. So you just bring them out, put your shoes on. Um, you know, if if we uh, haven't got family and friends, shout out to Neris and Kelvin. Thank you guys. Um, then we do it individually. But if, if they can look after um, our kids, then we'll, you know, we'll do a quick 60 on, or 90-minute swim-run training session around the lake, uh, wherever we can get nice. it. You know, we're getting some pretty weird glances, but we're used to that now. Yeah. Oh, yes. well, oh yeah. Try, the, try hanging, out, try hanging yeah. out in the Bay Area. Uh, we always make this joke. There's three reactions when they see us training. It's like they either think we're Navy SEALs, some sort of super, you know, super soldier. Yeah. Um, or they think we're insane yep. or they're just so confused that they literally stop you to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like those, yeah. those, those only three reactions, like, you know, I guess, and then being ignored. I think some people just yeah. ignore us. Or just the really like furrowed brow, like just ultimate, the ultimate confusion. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, yeah. So we, we go, we go, to, go to, to a place in Greece on holidays. Um, we've been there a number of years now and, um, that's pretty hot in May. It's like, um, 30 degrees. 30 degrees so that's like 90, 89 90 fahrenheit um plus humid too right it's not so bad actually it's not so bad in may um but we have to jog through the marina or run through the marina and then sort of dive in dive in um in, onto the beach and boy do we get some weird looks uh you know we're tethered together we're fully wet suited up and you know people are enjoying their, <laughs> their their great lunch uh with a bottle of rosé and then they see us us two running past um, but we got like semi-popular. So even the restaurateurs come up and say, hey, you're the guys that run past us at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, son. You guys are crazy. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's it. pretty cool. Yeah, we, we know it's, it's, it's at least becoming more, people are more aware of it in the U.S. because we basically go to the same kind of training ground uh, called Aquatic Park in the Bay Area or Ghirardelli Square. And in the last couple of times we went, people that have been tourists or whatever, like, Oh, I think they're swim running. Yeah. And they'll say, they were like, yeah, we are swim running. Check it out. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool to, to see it kind of, kind of catching on there is how is it, is, is it in the UK? Is there more familiarity with it or is it still a lot of the, the, the questioning and the looks and why are you swimming in your shoes and that kind of thing? Definitely. Um, when we first started training together at at a lake everybody would be asking us why have you got your trainers on when you're swimming or why are you going for running your wetsuit now you'll go down to a lake in the UK and there'll be other swim runners everybody knows what swim run is now um it's definitely more popular and people understand what we're doing maybe in the wider world it's not quite so understood but it's getting there yeah well you know we're trying to do our part in the US to, to try to help it get there um I have a question. So we got connected for you guys through Chris of Precision Hydration, um, who we had Andy on the show and kind of got our minds blown with kind of the, the science behind it. And we're total converts now. But um, 
you know, we're going to start incorporating it in our race strategies and things like that. But if you guys obviously have used it, used a product for a while, um, how, how did that process evolve? Was it immediately like, was it dialed in or did you have to kind of work with Andy and the team to figure out what was the best strategy for you guys? Well, when we did Engadin, we realized that we needed a proper hydration strategy and I contacted Andy through my old university links. I knew he was developing sure, sure. His, his product. And we ended up running with um, salt tablets from Precision Hydration that day because there was nothing else on the course. Then the following year, Precision Hydration became the sponsor of the Attilo World Series. So we were so lucky at every single hydration station, there is Precision Hydration. So we didn't need to continue to take our own, carry our own stuff with us. Um, we work out very specifically. We both had tests done with precision hydration to see how much we sweat. So Ben and I actually have slightly different hydration strategies in races, depending on the strength of um, the salt that we need throughout the race. And we work out beforehand what we need to preload, take during the race and take after the race. And it also depends on what the weather forecast is that day. Some races you have been in... uh, 30 degree heat um whereas some races have been in seven degrees so you have to slightly tweak your um, hydration strategy for each event and how long you estimate it's going to take you as well yeah and and i will just say for the sake of plugging our own show if you haven't listened <laughs> to that andy blow interview on what uh, chris knows the episodes like right off oh, i want to yeah. say that's like an 18 it's or 17 n- no it's like 27 I oh think. my god i'm i'm so bad at this um it was, we got the same sweat test. We went down to a lab and they, you know, they put the little things on our the electrodes and was stimulating our sweat glands and all this stuff. That whole experience was one of the most like mind blowing, eye opening kind of things that we had about how much salt you're losing and replacing and all this stuff. And honestly, it like kind of turned everything that we thought we knew about liquid hydration and, and drinking and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like on its head. It was really fascinating yeah. to us. It's Amazing. also very individual. Like, I mean, you know, everybody's so different. Totally. Bet you know, Ben and I will have a different strategy per race. Yeah. So it was episode twenty-five. For anyone keeping score, I was I was off. Okay. I'm sorry. That was close. Um, that was better my guess. So 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 kind of keeping that thread. I think for a lot of teams that are trying to figure out what their nutrition and hydration strategy should be for an event, swim run being so event specific and kind of weather specific. Do you have any sort of rules of thumb that you follow that you think have some sort of general applicability for pretty much anyone who's going to be trying to figure out their strategy? Yes. Well, we work out a spreadsheet and calculate how many uh, grams of carbohydrate we think we need for the event. Again, it'll be slightly different because Ben's slightly heavier than me for both of us. But we work with Cliff Bar on our um, nutrition side of things and we will carry gels because we we trust our gels. We trust that product. We use them for years. Um, and then we'll work out how many gels we need. So what I would recommend to people is estimate, because <laughs> it's never going to be exact, how long it's going to take you over the race. Then work out roughly how many carbohydrates you need based on your weight and previous experience. And then you can, it, it, it often turns out, that you tend to need to take on the carbohydrates when there are nutrition and hydration stations coming up. So you mm-hmm. can, we tend to take a gel before um, when we know there's uh, some yeah. hydration coming up um, and then we spread them out throughout the, throughout the race. And, and what I'd also add is we, we have caffeine and non-caffeine gels. So, um, right. you know, before the race, we never start with a caffeine gel. You don't want to go out super strong on a five hour race. So we, we start with non-caffeine yeah. and then we start moving into caffeine, you know, through half, halfway through the race and towards the end of the race, because it has, uh, and, and this studies have shown just an amazing lift mentally sure. to keep totally. pushing through. Sure. And you're just double fisting the double espressos. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. The last, yeah pretty wild by the end of the race. <laughs> yeah. I, Chris can't stand it. I'm actually very partial to just the vanilla <laughs> flavor. Yeah. No, the the, the mocha and, like and the, the chocolate are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I can, yeah, I like I like I can do chocolate. There's all day. something when I'm really sweaty and like thirsty that eating chocolate and kind of that like 
I, I just can't. They can't do it for me. Yeah, I think the vanilla just tastes like like frosting, like cupcake <laughs> frosting. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to my four year old daughter. Is there a fun fetty flavor? Because I think uh, my daughter could. Be I think into there that. is. There is a goo has a birthday cake flavor. Oh, birthday cake. That's yeah. right. Um, so, so I think that's that's really helpful to hear because. You know, when when we're thinking about how we're going to do our strategy for races, I think taking into account where the aid stations are and kind of building your plan from there. It's just hearing you guys say that it seems super obvious, but I, I don't know if that actually is obvious for people. So, so thank you so much for for bringing that up. Um, is there any sort of strategies that you guys go through, kind of not just on nutrition and hydration, but when you're sort of strategizing for the race, like obviously looking at the course map and checking out swims and stuff. But is there is there any other insight that you can provide our listeners into yeah. kind of what goes I mean, into your game plan? So, so many, but um, what I would focus on is um, just on the nutrition and, and hydration size, we actually write that down into um, a bit of paper and then we, we go with that bit of paper. Um, we kind of waterproof it mm-hmm. um, because your mind just goes when you're racing hard. So we always refer back to that which means that we know exactly where we are in the course and therefore what hydration we need. Um, We'll also, uh, well, we we tether together a lot um, on all swims, um, sometimes for safety, sometimes for speed. So, um, you know, we'll work out when we're going to tether in, when we're going to come out. Um, uh, But I would say to listeners as well, depending on the race conditions, meaning uh, often the temperature, um, we'll also work out when we're going to tab down, meaning when I'm going to take the wetsuit off um, sometimes yeah. we swim with a, a zone three kind of vest uh, if it's really cold, um, but you can hugely overheat, especially me. Um, I can I just massively overheat if I'm running more than about three k in a wetsuit. So um, we just kind of work out the rules. And, and generally, if it's not too hot, if it's a run that's more than five k, I'm going to be tabbing down because by you know I, I'm just starting to blow up uh, if, if I if I'm getting too yeah. hot. Um, so it's kind of important to know um, and practice that in training such that um, you'd agree with your partner when you're going to do it. Because sometimes you don't want to lose precious seconds, but you'll make up minutes uh, you know, through uh, being able to be racing strong later on in the race. Absolutely. I think that's such a great tip. And the, the more experienced swim runners that you hear, they're just basically trying to solve for most variables way ahead of the race so that when the the when the sort of the, the the proverbial fork in the road shows up during race day and you have your your obstacle you've already solved for it three or four different ways so that way your mind doesn't have to think like you said you know your your brain kind of shuts off and you go into killer mode when you're racing so you don't want to have to think oh should i take nutrition now or when i get to the top of this hill like yeah. you've already made the decision a week ahead of time and it's marked on your paddles or your list or yeah, whatever. yeah. absolutely although one of the biggest things we have learned through doing swim run is every single race something comes up that you're not expecting to happen and yeah oh, for sure yeah. is not to get stressed about it just try and focus on uh, you know getting the best out of the situation that you're in, whether it's the weather, whether some, some equipment breaks, whether you drop a gel, you know, there's there's things that will happen mm-hmm. in the race that you don't, you're not expecting to happen. It's not quite as clear cut as a triathlon is. So the key is just not to panic. Yeah, that's that's a great way. There's always, yeah. I would say, um, swim run has the most problem solving required yeah it has a lot i mean definitely like the longer the race the more problem solving yeah. you know it actually reminds me so we a former guest on the show mario Froli, he has this quote that always resonates with me where he says it's, it's not necessarily about the results it's about how you respond to the challenges in the journey um and i think in swim run that's definitely true it's like oh this swim is 500 <laughs> 500 meters longer than advertised like how are you going to handle that emotionally or whatever or this aid station isn't where you think it was supposed to be. And definitely um, for, you know, triathletes that are that are sort of coming over, uh, sort of being able to embrace the increased Unknown. level of ambiguity yeah. and not having to be like, oh, this aid station is 0.1K farther, my race is ruined or whatever, um, and just kind of embrace the, the journey of it. I think, I think that mindset uh, is something that needs to be, that you need to sharpen. Do you need to work on? Yeah, yeah, work on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost more in in line with adventure racing rather than triathlon. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say adventure racing is something that's very well known in the States or very popular for some reason. And I just, I don't really, I can't tell you why, but it's not a, like orienteering and adventure racing just isn't, isn't a really a thing here. Okay. At least. Yeah. I, I can't tell I you mean, why. There, there's, there's teams and stuff, but. Yeah. I mean, it definitely you know. happens, but it's not like a, a yeah. thing. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so besides, besides swimming and running, what, is there any other kind of disciplines that you really try to focus on tuning up be, before race? Maybe that's your transitions. Obviously it's, you do a, a heavy amount of work and investment on getting your nutrition and your hydration planned out, but you also kind of mentioned that like mental toughness or is it recovery or, or what's kind of the, the secret ingredient or maybe not, it won't be a secret after you tell us, um, that in, in kind of your, your game plan. You mentioned transitions. Um, there are a lot of them. <laughs> uh, so right. for the world champs, I think it's something like 26 islands. So you've got double light in transitions. And if you're losing 30 seconds to a minute, every one of those, that's, that's a huge amount. So we really practice our transitions actually, um, especially before a race, we'll, you know, we'll make sure we, have got the tether that's up and running. We know it's the right length because sometimes it can stretch. Well, I, I use paddles, mm-hmm. so I need to make sure that the routine of taking paddles, taking goggles off, taking hat off, you know, is, is all in the right order. Then Rianne makes sure that she looks after the tether. So we, we've kind of got jobs to do um, within, within that element of the transition, either going in or coming out of the water. Um, and we just need to nail that absolutely perfectly because, you know, you can just make up so much time but you can lose huge amounts of time if if um, somebody hasn't nailed their their job that, that needs to be done. So yeah, we we sure practice that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of uh, have something. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna test it out tomorrow. We're we're thinking of this little like kind of almost think of it as just a, a transition focused swim run practice that we're doing this little loop rectangle loop that you swim pretty much. What is it like four hundred yards? Yeah. And then you just run or you swim into the beach and then run back and you just keep doing this loop. So essentially you're getting four transitions, a loop. Yeah. So we're going to do that for a couple K's, you know, 10, 15, 20 K tomorrow. And nice. and I think we should be feeling pretty good about, about how that's working out. But I'm um, going to feel dizzy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might be dizzy. Well, what I would say, I, I don't know about with the races you're doing, but here in Europe, the, there's not one transition that's the same. So you might be coming onto a beach and jumping up here. You might be coming into rocks or, you know, a a nice easy beach to run out of or steps to climb up um, or a six foot drop to go in, or you've got to go into massive waves. So you've got your timing to be, to be right. Um, So as Rianne said earlier, kind of expect the unexpected and just go with it. Um, but but go with it at the same time because you don't want one person jumping in when you're tethered and one person going no not the oh, right time yeah. uh, that doesn't work. Communication is key. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. that actually Jesus. almost happened to us at uh, Atala and Catalina. There was this one swim that was particularly exposed, and Chipper just going in. I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on a second, buddy, hold on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, let's get lined up because we were basically swimming through four foot waves yeah parsons landing yeah that was pretty it was pretty it was epic and and just on that it's another tip maybe to to look at is when you're both ready make sure you know where you're going and make sure you know where the current's coming from because we've done some um crazy condition swimming and uh you know we're really having to agree exactly how far off the exit we need to aim for and knowledge of the of the current mm. is going to bring you in so if you just aim straight for the flag where you're going to get out um it's likely you won't you won't get there so um just take 10 <laughs> yeah, seconds just really seeing what other swimmers are seeing what the the you know, buoys are doing or boats if you're going past them just see where the wind is um but also see where that changes from you know the first half of the swim to the second half of the swim because those 10 seconds can save you minutes and minutes and minutes of uh you know expanded effort that you don't need to do i feel i feel like this is this is i'm just gonna label this show the pro tip episode yeah this is like advanced one there's a lot of pro tips here um now speaking of of pros so obviously you know swim run doesn't necessarily have a professional class as you do in triathlon and stuff like that but there's definitely a lot of people kind of on the on the pointy end such as such as you guys uh you know a couple years ago um how do you see the sport kind of growing because as we mentioned it one of the things we really love about is the community feel of it 
But as it gets more competitive, at least in the U.S., you know, we sort of think and people have said that they think there's going to be more of like an age group kind of movement for swim run. What do you guys think about that? And do you think that's a good or a bad thing? Um, it's both, I think. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we loved the fact that we were we were racing against um, anybody, and we could we, we could say that you know we podiumed and not we just age group podiumed. So it, it's great that it's open for everybody, and everyone just gets gets stuck in. And there's people of all ages. Uh, certainly, the, the the it's more appealing to youngsters, so they're not coming into it now, kind of 35, 40, having done a triathlons, you know, a career or, you know, experienced swimming career, they're coming into it, you know, 21, and, and they're really fast. So um, in, certainly the structure of it is changing. Um, I don't know, Rianne, if you've got thoughts on age grouping or not. I think right now the races can't take that many people, um, so that many teams. So I think it would, you can, you can, work it like a triathlon where you've got five-year age bands I, I don't think that would work you could potentially do a um senior and a vets category um you know junior senior vets category but I don't think per age group that that works because there's just too few teams on the course and you can't allow that many teams to be out there at the same time and it's uh, take doing staggered starts would take away some of the yeah. specialness of swim and run mm-hmm yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, yeah, I'm going to echo all those. It, it's also, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's simply there, the, there's a volume problem too. There's just not, you know, 40 mixed teams for the World Series distance. And then to have that broken down by age groups and there could be pretty large differences between partner age and, and all sorts of stuff. So how do you right, exactly yeah. average partner age? Is that yeah. how you do it? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some people that we've seen in the, this, the UK that race with their, you know, sons and daughters. So the son or daughter might be 16, right. 17, 18, and, you know, they might be 40. So it's, it's about that team environment. And I, I wouldn't want to take that away from swim run, but at the same time, as we're getting older, it would be quite nice <laughs> to, uh, you know, win the vet category as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's really funny. Yeah, because because you know the reason I asked that question is one of the things Chipper. I'm going to speak for Chipper here that we really love about Swimrun is, is the the community feel of it that you mentioned um, as well. And you know that's that's what I want to keep put in a bottle and mm-hmm. make sure that the sort of that essence remains. And I think uh, Atala and some of the you know and definitely Odyssey in the U.S. are working really hard to to keep it. To keep mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I'm just curious what your thoughts are as, you know, a couple super experienced <laughs> athletes. Um, have you seen that community field change for better or for worse? And what what do you think is going to be required to kind of keep that magic of, of the community aspect of it? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I haven't, we had to think we've seen it change um, at the moment um, and we haven't really raced this year. So I imagine when when we're able to go back, there's going to be just sheer excitement of, of just getting getting stuck in again. Um, so I, it's, it's a hard question to, to answer. You know, the, the Ertelier and the Brecker type races, um, you know, they do the day before they do like a, a beach rubbish uh, cleanup, um, and that just you know brings in people together and it does something for the for the local environment as well. Um, they're very respectful of that um and you, know, you can get thrown out for for leaving a gel and, and throwing away a gel which is absolutely the right rule we need to respect the planet we need to respect where we're racing so i think if we can continue to enforce those type of rules and um it, it's just going to people doing it for love um you know there's, there's not a huge amount of money in it but it's i think the joy of racing the amazing courses that will will continue to inspire people to come through of any age throughout the world. I, I totally agree with you. And and I think the just the nature of how each swim run event is sort of incomparable to another. Yeah. Takes the whole like measurement, yardstick, oh me versus you, how fast did you do this versus how fast can I ride my bike hundred and twelve miles or run, you know, forty two k or whatever whatever it is it's like that whole yardstick measurement kind of um you know puff chest puffing contest is is just disarmed because the 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 whole goal of it is to finish and enjoy the adventure with someone else it's not about 
being as fast as you can necessarily. The two key things, one was the teamwork element, which we loved and racing together. But the second thing there, which we haven't mentioned, is experiencing some incredible environments, landscapes, scenery, trails, beaches, mountains, and just really unexpected scenery that we would not not have gone to yeah. or seen if we weren't doing swim run. So that that's such a big draw for us as well. Yeah, no, I I, that, I totally agree with that. I think the fact that some of these locations, like I didn't even know where Isle of Sicily, I thought when I first read that, I was like, Isle of Sicily, is that yeah. a typo or something? <laughs> um you know these some of these locations it's it's swim run is such a great way to experience them and almost like the best way to experience them and i think a lot of the race directors like we were just uh brecca just put a race in jersey i mean that race looked amazing and that's another place where i was like i would have never thought of going there but it's on my list now yeah yeah yes, it's on races. our list as well we want yeah. to do that one unique races in unique places yeah for sure nice so you have, I mean, I'm kind of like excited to tap more, get a, get one or two more little <laughs> advanced training nuggets, or maybe if you have a piece of kit that you've been testing that you've been enjoying, or or some little little tip that that a, a, a veteran swim run team can can drop on on some some new newer folks. Yeah, um, trying to trying to pry something out. So I I think the the one of the best bits of kit, um, I'm, I'm going to drop a uh, one of our sponsors here is Zone Three's um, vest. So it's like um, it's it's an under under wetsuit vest. Uh, it's about three mil of neoprene, and um, it it's it's amazing. <laughs> quite frankly, it keeps your core so warm under what are often you know relatively thin swim run purpose made wetsuits. And right. you know, sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't. But um, we've raced in really really cold conditions, like seven degree water, and it. We've seen people getting high, you know, pulled out with hypothermia, just not knowing what to do. And um, the, the use of that vest has just um, been a, been an absolute, like, literally an absolute lifesaver, because it just it just keeps that tight tight layer of water within, and it means that also you can you can tap down um, and get your other you, you, the, the main wetsuit off um, and still get a, right. a get out the biting wind or, or or stay relatively warm underneath. So for me, uh, that's a uh, that's one of our massive tips. So if you can get does that have those, uh, like some storage, some pockets on the front or anything for gels or paddles or so yeah, it just that a- doesn't. But the Zone Three uh, wetsuit um, has a really big pocket at the back um, and then some internal pockets as well. So okay. we carry all our cliff bars and gels. Um, and gels. Sorry, yeah, the gels um, it, it, together. Um, actually, one another tip is we split up who's got the calf and who's got the non-caffeine. So we know exactly, um, you know, we don't, we don't mix up because, you know, when you're racing, it's hard to pull out a, a gel and get it the right flavor. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The, the packing up and understanding all of the wetsuits uh, pockets is, is really useful. We haven't talked to a team that seemed to have the logistical like game plan nailed as tightly as you. I'm, I'm sensing there's probably an engineer between you two or some sort of like data analyst or something that loves uh, you know, V lookups and pivot tables. Uh, and yeah, we add lots of spreadsheet and a list. So there you uh, go. Okay, I knew, it, I knew it. I knew it. So I, I assume this is going to kind of translate. And you mentioned approaching the transitions and stuff. It's I love to hear kind of your your process. Is that something that it's like okay, someone's always leading the transitions out of the water. Someone's always leading it in, or is it vary between the race based on you know the terrain and that sort of thing? Or how do you approach? specifically like the transitional piece of it um yes we do ha- we do have a strategy uh as in um ben nearly always leads in the water so he's out first um he gets in first but then we communicate when we are ready and we know what we're taking off when um and then uh on the yeah on the run as well we either run tethered or we run side by side the run's a bit more mixed it depends on how each other is feeling um so we mm-hmm. sometimes have to you know accommodate that as we're going along um but yeah we have we have a strategy beforehand how we go in and out of the water and who goes in first who goes who comes out second who does what 
and also on Slippy Rocks, Ben needs to turn around and check that I'm coming out um, to pull me out if needs be. So there's different strategies on different courses. Nice. You got everything nailed. So, so Ryan, I want to ask you a question. So we've had you guys on for 40 minutes, and so we're going to let you go real soon, we promise. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, um, just looking from your email handle, are, are, you, are you working, do you have your own coaching business now? Yes. So, yeah, I was um, an investment banker. I had the children, but uh, didn't work and um, doing that career. And I'm so interested in fitness, having been, you know, an international triathlete when I was younger. Sure. I retrained, became a personal trainer and a triathlon coach. So, yes, now I have a business, Rianne Martin Fitness, where I uh, coach people from running a 5K up to an Ironman to swim run, um, a real mixture of a client base. Um and so much so over lockdown, because we went into lockdown in March over here, I was teaching Same. Zoom circuits six days a week to people. That, that, was, that was before I was a teacher to our children for the rest of the day. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I do run a fitness business and, it, you know, it's adapting with, uh, with COVID at this present time. Yeah, well, I think after this podcast you might get some people reaching out just uh just a guess there. Um well Ben, Ryan, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um we really appreciate Prison Hydration for for kind of connecting us because this is exactly the type of content that we think it's really useful for our listeners. So we just and really want to thank yeah <laughs> for us first. Yeah, it's a super selfish thing here. Um but yeah, we just really wanted to thank you for for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Yeah, if any of our, um, your listeners want to um, reach out to us via uh, our Instagram with any questions, Perfect. it's Ben Rianne's Swim Run. Um, if if they've got any questions about Swim Run, we're happy to happy to help. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to link that in there. And it sounds like you have a great kind of supporting team with Precision Hydration, Cliff Bar, Zone Three. Any anyone else? Uh, uh, Go Cocos. Um, socks, which you've probably seen. We all, all oh, in yeah. Europe oh, seem yeah, to sure. wear the same socks. Amazing yeah. uh, socks and calf guards that uh, help compression, but also drain really quickly. So uh, you're not running around in wet socks for the whole race. Yeah. Nothing worse than a pair of soggy socks. No. <laughs> Nothing. Well, again, thank you so much. And we will see you around. Cool. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review on iTunes if you're so inclined. You can also sign up for our newsletter at lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z. And check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, drop us an email at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Writing Easy Records for our show music. And, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of our swim run activities, hobbies, and other bullshit we do. (laughs) Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. And then a run. And then another swim. Then another run. And then another swim. And then run to the finish line. And just keep going until you're done. Yes. Until you cross the finish line. Or run to the car. Or run to your car. Somewhere. Just keep running.